So we can go ahead and uh go ahead and get started. Get started. We back at it again with another episode of the Yams podcast. Oh, it is. It's working. <laughs> and we got folks tuned in already. Hey y'all. Um so let's go ahead and get started. Um, like I said, back at it with another episode of the Yams Podcast. It's your girl AC. And it is your girl, Shell Bells, and we're on this Sunday evening, special guest in the building. The Patty Pastors. Patty Pastors. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. On this fine communion Sunday. I mean, do not count because mine ain't red. I got white. I mean, Jesus made it all. So I feel like that counts. I mean, I mean <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, um, y'all want to introduce yourselves? Y'all sitting there quiet like y'all ain't familiar. Like they ain't been here before. I thought y'all was going to do y'all. Chum, chum, chum. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I was waiting for the hammer to drop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 Nathaniel Carter. That's me. No, sir, we're not going to do this, okay? Because what we're what we're going to do is go ahead and go ahead and tell them about your you know your group and what you do. You don't have to give us the whole thing because we'll get into it. But like, like give us the give us the elevator pitch, bro. Harvard grad, (laughs) uh, undergrad at Duquesne University. Right, no, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, Nate Carter here from uh, North Braddock, um, the owner and founder of This Generation Connection, uh, which is a nonprofit here, uh, which I am blessed to have both Shell uh, Bell and Annie a part of that um, as we do some work there. Um, this Generation Cares, which is the business side of things, um, and is really active in the community as it relates to ministry-oriented uh, work. There you have it. Boom. Okay. Next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your local petty pastor, uh, Anton Fullman, uh, Pastor of the White Lily Baptist Church on the west side of the city of Pittsburgh, uh, founder and president of the Community of Change Center. Um, yeah, from the streets of the one five one zero four. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Good to be back on the podcast. We're All so right. excited to have you guys back. <laughs> Aww, we're so glad to have you here. All right, so y'all ready to get into this? Icebreaker! Bam, 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 bam. 
Love it. Love it. <laughs> so as, as so promised, gonna, um, oh, go ahead, show. Uh, we're going to do a couple questions of would you rather, and we're going to try to make this easy and quick. Um, let me pull my questions up because I'm not ready, just like a color person. Okay. You want me to go first? Yeah. You go first because you don't ever go first. You're right. I never go first, and I, I wanted you to go first just now, but that's okay. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm actually ready. Okay. Question number one. Would you rather have insomnia or amnesia for for one month? Mm. Right. I'll I'll go. I'd rather uh, I'd rather have amnesia. There's a lot of stuff I want to forget. <laughs> I mean, I'm a night owl anyway, so insomnia wouldn't be no thing for me. Um, but definitely amnesia. Okay. I would uh I would uh I would second that. I would I would definitely rather have amnesia than um insomnia. I feel like I already have insomnia, so you know. And I'd rather for, I'd rather for, very similar, I'd rather forget some stuff, um than not be able to sleep. So mm. I don't even have an answer to my own question. I'll put y'all. I'm with y'all because I'm already up at night anyway. So I don't even matter. Um, I would like to forget this quarantine if I could. You know. Right. Let's blink that right out. Men in black real quick. You know? <laughs> I think I, I think I would be the odd man out. I think I'd rather have insomnia than amnesia. Hmm. Yeah. remember. Uh, it's not even that, but there's certain stuff now that I can't remember and that scares the crap out of me. So for it to continuously happen for a month, I would go crazy. I would go crazy. Although not having any sleep might result in a murder charge, but whatever. It's fine. Look, the piggyback off of that, I I will have to say, there's times where I forget stuff and the first thing I say is like, Lord... Lord, please do not let me have old timers. Like I, I literally like when I forget stuff. Like that's sometimes like some of the first stuff that I have. Like God, please don't, don't give don't, me that. No, don't you give me that. <laughs> it's okay. scary. Go ahead, show. All right. So, would you rather go to jail for a crime you committed, blame it on your best friend, and you get what was the last part? Blame it on your best friend. What? Blame it on your best friend, and you just walk away like scot free. I'm, I'm, I, I'm probably going to stick to the hood code. I, I'm probably going to stick to the hood code. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to take that one. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to sit there. If, if I did it, right? You said if I did it. Yeah. Yeah. If I did it, I, I'll take the ownership on that. But like, if my best friend did it. Then my best friend, I'm not snitching, I'm telling. I'm I'm telling the truth. I, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. That's fair. That is fair. Well, go ahead and let the Lord use you because you one of my best friends. I'll sell you right up the creek. <laughs> Listen, I don't I don't made it out the hood. I live in Crafton now. So 
I live by the suburb code. <laughs> Call me parking lot pop. The parking lot pop. I can't. I'm not mad at that at all. Because honestly, that's what I was thinking. Like, I don't know about sending them by jail. I'll put money on your book. I will do that and write for your family pool. That's it. I might be. Listen, I, I remember we went to uh, we went down the county jail with the Rankin Christian Center on some like scared straight joint. That's all I needed. That's I'm it. Good. I'm good. Mm-mm. Like the one dude was like, they had him cuffed and everything, and he was standing like, I'll never forget it. He was standing like in between the, me and Tom Taylor. And he was just like, yo, I could choke you out before the guards can even get to me. I said, Lord Jesus, I, I, I'm good. I'm, I, ain't, I ain't built for this life. I'm, I'm straight. Yeah. On an even more childish note, going to go see my brother and seeing the size of the roaches that reside in jailhouses. Nope. No, I'm good. And if you have them big rats and everything. Yeah. I'm not sitting in nobody's cell cell and the rat just no, nah, I'm good. No. Nope. Okay, no. Nah. Cool. Yeah. I got money in your book. I got you. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, <laughs> did everybody answer that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, would you rather have a clean house all the time or a car that always works? Like clean house or car issues? I don't care nothing about this house. Listen, <laughs> cars is expensive than a mug. Listen, I know. Give me the car that work. Yeah, I, I'll take the car that work. I can pick up as I go around the crib. Come on, matter, matter of fact, uh, give me Carrie Washington's car from uh, Little Fires Everywhere. They, she had that joint for a grip, yo. You're right. <laughs> That joint held her down. I need that car. Right. <laughs> Whatever that was, I want it. <laughs> I want it. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would I would go with the car. Because I need my car. I mean, although I live alone and I can just, you know, like make things pick up and do whatever, but I need the car. I need that thing to work. Like right now, my I had my car a good lot and I needed to work enough to part of me wants the larger part of me wants to clean house I don't enjoy cleaning like that's just not my ministry at all and so if I have a house that's constantly clean I think I would prefer that I think yeah Mm. because I feel like a, a clean house is easy to maintain so to speak once you clean it right one time you just constantly kind of like making sure that it's okay, but if you got a whole bunch of people living in your crib. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother story. But see, see I gave up on a clean house. Like, I got three kids. Like, yeah, you're done. It's a wrap. I mean, it, it's very few and far between. Like, I mean, you can clean up, but five minutes later they come down and throw toys everywhere. So it's just like true, true, true. Uh, let me throw this disclaimer out too because I know people are watching on Facebook Live. There's a delay, like a 20 second delay between what we're saying and what they're hearing. So, just in case people are chiming in, like we're not ignoring you, but we just haven't seen your comment yet. Okay, cool. That's it. All right. 
Um, okay, another question. Would you rather have family or your friends think of your significant other as a liar or a loser? <laughs> Can you repeat that question, please? Would you rather have your family or friends think of your significant other as a liar or a loser? Mm. I'd rather be single. Jesus. Because <laughs> you know what? The family and friends get in it. It's, over. it's a wrap. Either one of them, it's a wrap. That's a tough like, one there. A loser. That's and, a tough one. Because I feel like So I feel like the the loser part makes me think of like when the family's getting together and like we all sitting there ripping on each other and we all talking about each other and like that's the go to and you can't say anything. The liar part, the liar part is more so like like serious issues and like they bringing up something. And you're just like you lying anyway. Like go go sit down, go get out of our face. You know what I mean? Like you lying. Um, that's tough. That's, yeah. I don't like that question. I don't like the question. <laughs> I don't even like thought of that question. <laughs> it was on the book. I just picked it because I thought it was interesting. That's a, that's a, that's a hard one. You rolling around with a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Ride around with a Jody. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I gotta say, I, I would say, um, man, and my wife looking at me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I would probably say loser um, because that's that's subjective. Um, True. If I know we win, we be good. Um, but liar. Hey, hey, I'm trying to exegete my way. <laughs> Come on, exegete. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I think liar, liar carries a, a heavier stigma to it. Like you can't, you ain't even allow that mom's crib if you're a liar. Yeah, you have to steal and then lie about. Nah. So, <laughs> but yeah, so I would, I would definitely say lose. All right. That's fair. Um, that's real. Um, all right, we do one more. We can do one more. Yeah, let's do one more. Um, would you rather bring back all that or in living color? Um, get me in living color. You can. I mean, I appreciate Kale and his orange soda, but um. <laughs> I'm going with In Living Color solely because I enjoy both, but it was a lifelong dream of mine to be a fly girl, and I feel like I need to relive that. I mean, just the amount of legend that was on In Living Color is just like, looking back now that you're older and seeing like, people's careers and all that, man, it's crazy how much talent they had on one show. Right. Yeah. And that was like comedy and a lot of the hits that they did were not fly today. Like a lot of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not yeah, at would, all. I would, say, I would definitely say in living color. Not only that, I feel like some of their storylines are really uh, dope storylines, especially for that time. Uh, yeah. Like 
it, it was like some of them were talking about things that weren't happening in culture right then and there. But um, like sooner than later, like those things like came, uh, you know, like it, it was like our reality. So yeah, it was definitely a dope. Uh, the acting, the people that were in it, and the storyline, I would definitely say. Cool, cool, all right, cool. Guys, we all right. So that was it. That's all the questions we have. So that's the end of the art. Icebreaker! <laughs> <laughs> Guns for Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes. That is awesome. Um... I mean, we had a couple of things that we wanted to talk about as far as like pop culture stuff. Um, we won't really have to spend much time on it. Like, we wanted to just talk about the um, the Kyle Walker and the uh, I know y'all watched it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't live post often, but yeah, that was. Uh, for those of us who grew up in the '90s and you had to clean the house listening to gospel music. Yeah, that that was uh, nostalgia. I just find it. Yeah, so they had the soundtrack to like all the youth choir, like sort of in a Jesus is real, and uh, clean inside. Jesus is my hell. Like everything, like all of it. <laughs> it was like bringing back. It was yeah, it was definitely the the for me very similar. Just thinking about just being at home on a Saturday morning. And even not, not even just on a Saturday morning, like going to and from in my dad's whip, because my dad, when he was stuck on a song, he was playing the same song over and over and over. And so some of those uh, songs, like I would hear over and over and over and over. Like you wouldn't even know, like there was a whole nother 11 tracks on the CD. You only hear, you only hear one of the songs. On that whole CD, yeah. like, come on, bro. But, um, <laughs> but John PT for me, um, I think Hezekiah Walker and John PT, they definitely have some amazing hits. Um, but I think John PT for me, um, he's more he was he's more churchy, and so like we listen to like the more churchy feel, um, and like just his songs and his like lyrics just. For me, like, I have everything John P.T. Like, I was, like, the, the little country beat when he would uh, go off, like, I'll have my senses now. I want it. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, for sure, uh, like, John P.T. Like, Shell, you know, we keep Fred Hammond to the day we die. But outside of Fred, um, my parents, I mean, they would wear some John P. Key out. Like, and I was just going through, like, some of the songs. Like, before the battle uh, even started, like, that morning, I was just playing all these old John P. Key songs. I'm like, yo, this dude had banger after banger after yeah. banger. Listen, and he, he was holding some of them. He didn't even play Clap Your Hands, still. That, that, right. that was missing. 
Like you're from Durham, North Carolina, right outside the county line. Outside the county lines. Yes, Lord. Uh, oh, man. Mm. <laughs> but I, I, I got to say, I feel like um, as a tired soldier, because I feel like if we would have played grateful, it would have been over. Like, I, I feel like if we would have played grateful, it, it would have been like, like, then it's them. Uh, hey. Yeah, he was he was definitely missing some some joints. Like that joint that that's an ultra call joint. You you get saved every time, all over again. Every time. Listen, every time. I was like definitely in my bag watching that. I was like, that's Lord, I, I, I think it was really dope to see all of the people, even, um, I, I want to be careful how I say it. I, I think it was very great to see all of the people that doesn't appear to be like church growers, um, like listening and watching in. Um, even um, celebrities, all the mm-hmm. celebrities that you come in and watch. I think um, this is excited as people were for <laughs> the other battles, um, you've seen um, even a, a big capacity. I'm excited about a gospel battle and Jesus tuned in. Um, so I, I thought that was really amazing, and um, seeing people comment and people enjoying it, um, it just go, it goes to show, from me, from my perspective, um, people that have people that do listen to gospel music or are aware of gospel music even though um, they may not show it or we may not even know it. Um, so I, I, I thought that was something dope, uh, a great observation. I think they framed it right from the beginning too, like not calling it a battle, but you know what I mean, just like complimentary of each other's you mm-hmm. know, catalogs, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, the comments was dope even to see some contemporary artists like really appreciate I mean, the ground that's been laid for them. Um, because, I mean, there are literally legends in gospel music. I mean, I was just like, if anything, like, that was a win for the church that night. You know what I mean? Like, two major artists, not beef back and forth, but really complimenting each other's, you know, music and I mean, you could say what you want about sound quality. I was like, listen, I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for it all. Either way. And you can tell as long as John P. Key has been saved, he ain't been saved that long because he was like, I ain't put the foolishness in the comments. Like, go walk your dog or something if you got something. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know? John is a thug. He's a thug. Yeah, he, had, he had them guns for Jesus. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> they want that smoke. <laughs> Gang banging for Christ out here. Listen. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. But, um, even to what you were saying, Pop, I saw somebody on Twitter just talking about how like they don't even go to church anymore, and their faith and all that stuff are just kind of like not there at this point. But anytime they hear gospel music, they just kind of praise them right back to what they know. So like, I mean, I thought that was cool that they had to bring people back to the roots. Yeah, I was in here getting my little life. I know my neighbor thought I was crazy because it was, you know, hey, 
Had to get my little praise on. <laughs> so. Shall you have something else? I'm trying to find out. <clears throat> you know what's crazy, though? I think when people start talking about Todd Trivet uh, versus Kurt Franklin. Oh, man. I said, um, <laughs> no way he will make it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it's okay. Like, why would you even do that? And I like Ty, but no, up against Kirk, no, that's not. His catalog is nowhere near. And it, it's crazy, like, in all honesty, Kirk would probably have to stand up somebody secular for it to even be. Be fair. I agree. Nobody in gospel music who has the range of influence that Kirk got. Like, like Fred, Fred got a catalog, but he doesn't have the range. Like, once Stomp hit the streets, like... They was playing Stomp in the bars. After Rank and Christian Like... everywhere. And, like, like Kurt is just... He's in a, a class all by himself. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Y'all get into this uh, Jill Scott and uh, Erica Badu battle? See, no, because I, I feel like that'll have me backside. I'll be in my house. <laughs> and stuff like, uh, hey. I'll be in here first. <laughs> uh, I'm ready for it. I'm not air cuffing on my nerves lately. Because like I called her yesterday when I was talking to Annie. I mean, she's one of my baby things. But um, I'm going to be in it anyway because I like Jill. Like, Jill's my own team. So, I'm mean, I, I'm just trying to figure out why did she, why did uh, Badu, she just looked like death on the, on her flyer. I'm just like, Lord Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what's up with, with Erica. And I think for like, if Erica is the standard for being deep or woke or whatever, then I didn't miss the boat. That's, that's just not... <laughs> So, I can't. Like I said, she's one of them, them stage demons because she do all the crystals and like high vibrations and all that stuff. But crazy for real. Like she stabbed, like she stabbed her one baby dad and like she's crazy and like trying to run somebody over. Like she's crazy. Like she's toxic. You know what I mean? So she kind of covers that up with all the crystals and all that, and people feed into it. And they're gonna laugh for a while, but feeding into it too. Like, Oh my goodness, she's so cool. I feel like she's crazy. And she's crazy. Her music is louder. Like, I listen to the music. <laughs> yeah, We're we going to see how it goes. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, what about, um, did y'all see uh, DMX doing his live, like, I think it was like a week ago when he was on live or the scripture and everything like that. Like, y'all know I love me some Earl. And, um, it's like a real Earl apologist. Like you, you like the president. You like the uh, if y'all catch this, Selena. You're like the Yolanda Saldivar of DMX. Oh no! Oh, that hurt. Wow! Wow! You do me like that. That hurt. Sitting in the car crying, talking about, look what I've done to my best friend. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, shell. 
god, that's funny. That's hilarious, though. Wow. That is so, really um, funny. I thought it was dope because, like, to me, I like. I think Bill Bex is like the type of you know Christian or saint that I like. Like he's poor up and he don't play about his Jesus. You know what I mean? Like it don't matter what he's doing. He could be getting high right now, but he know his Jesus. interesting to see um and i think oftentimes like especially in church we, we i mean the church it, if we're honest we got a real cancel culture too you know what i mean and, and sometimes like we catch people in the middle of the season and we throw them away um but to see his like ebb and flow with faith um it's interesting um i don't know i don't know about earl teaching me a bible study but I'm all for his, his faith journey. You know what I mean? I, I ain't going to sit here and, and sit at the feet of Earl and, and become a disciple. I, mean, I ain't talking about life. But to see his, like, uh, I mean, if we believe what we preach, the fact that he has his Bible is for me, so I think a chance for him to turn the corner. You know what I mean? So I think it's dope. I like that he's not afraid to, like, share it. Like, he's I'd let Earl pray me through some stuff though. Earl can pray. I'm about to start a petition uh, for Earl to be uh, a you version. That would be lit. <laughs> I'd read the Bible all the time. <laughs> just hit play and just let it ride. Just me, Earl, and Jesus. Like, <laughs> I'd be in there. I think, I, think, um, I would, number one, I, I, I love the fact that um, the public and this people would allow him to be public with this journey. Mm -hmm. I think that's a blessing because, and he has the courage to do so, regardless of what people would say. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really um, courageous on his end. On my end, I would listen to him just to see his perspective on what it is that he's talking about. Um, because I feel like different people, different people reach, reach different groups of people. And I feel like there would be a lot of people that will flock to him just because of, number one, who he is. Um, but then also the way that he um, articulates. He's not trying to sound preachy. He's not trying to sound churchy. He's just trying to be himself. And so sometimes um, in some cultures that work um, better for certain groups of people. Um, and so I would probably be open to, to listen and to hear his approach to um, whatever scripture he's talking about. Uh, and, and not doing it from the lens of, well, let me see if it's right or wrong, but just really, um, like, really just trying to tune in to, like, how it is that he's presenting to the group of people that are, that's listening to him. Right. 
Shout out to Uncle Earl. We love Uncle Earl. I love him so much. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm going to laugh every time you say that. I'm going to start calling you Yolanda. I can't believe you did that to me. I'm like, why? Man. I was so petty. Petty passive. I mean, that's... Reputation don't come cheap. I got an earned doctorate in petty. Hey. Hey. The anointing of petty, it it has fallen. The anointing. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I think um, um, I think that that's it. We kind of want to transition because, as promised, we're not gonna be before you long. So, because we on a tight schedule, we on a tight schedule. You Baptist, so I know you lying. <laughs> I like I like being Baptist, but I need Catholic hours. I need to be in and out. Okay. In and out. I, I also know you're lying because your your pastor is Richard Freeman. So he like Catholic hours too. Mm. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna put him on blast. But he was my supervisor when I was a chaplain at Children's. <laughs> I didn't do no work because we talked Bible for literally five hours. No, that's true. Now, if you get him off on a tangent, you're right, you're right. But listen, our our little Sunday services be a good thirty five minutes in and out. I'm good. I'm yeah, good. When I was a kid, it was quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't we don't mess around at RBC. We get you in, get you a word, and get you out. That's what I like. <laughs> don't, don't give me all the announcements. Don't don't give me the same thirty people that's been on the prior list since I, I joined the church. <laughs> I mean, I'm just shut in. Huh? It don't get no more sick and shut in than that. <laughs> they can't be no more sick and shut in. But anyway, we brought you guys we brought you guys back to the show because um in thinking about like us being in this quarantine and everything else is happening in the world, I'm echoing somewhere. But um but just being stuck where we are, we I know Shell and I like in our group conversations, we've had a lot of conversations about like our faith and where we are and just really kind of feeling stuck so to speak but it's it's almost like a twofold thing because on one hand we're in a space where we're feeling kind of stuck but then also using this time to do things like listen to John P. Key and Hezekiah Walker you know battle it out on Instagram or get into like daily devotional so it's given us time to get back connected with God but it's also like okay we're here what do we do? How do we make sure that our faith isn't completely dwindling? Does that make sense? So we wanted to kind of bring you guys that we've talked about relationships and friendships during the quarantine, but I also thought it, you know, we also thought it was important that we talk about faith during the quarantine. So what better experts than you two? And the petty. The petty passes. <laughs> Well, first of all, since everything started, like, how are you two maintaining, like, everything? Because, I mean, Pop, you got the church, Nate, you got the center. Like, y'all have so much going on. And now we're, like, we're stuck. 
you know what I mean? So, like, how are y'all maintaining with all of that happening right now? We're not being able to, like, physically connect with your people. Yeah, um, it's definitely been crazy. And, um, like, God just got a, he has a funny sense of humor. Like, our, uh, our kind of slogan for 2020 um, at the beginning of the year was, like, um, reimagining ministry. Um, seeing, like, doing ministry a different way. And when I said that, um, December of 2019, I had no idea that, you know, this COVID-19 would be the way that we would be forced to reimagine ministry. Um, and so, I mean, it, it's been a challenge just, I mean, I'm pretty techno savvy, but, you know, this has shown like how far the church is behind. Um, at least I'll speak for my church, um, particularly like how far our church was behind technology wise. And we've done a good job of kind of catching up to speed quickly. Um, we've done um, Facebook Live, you know, for Sunday mornings. Um, and a few of our older people call in on conference call because they ain't about that social media life. Mm-hmm. Um, we do Zoom Zoom Bible studies because our Bible studies are interactive. So I didn't want to lose the interactive. Um, I didn't want to do like a live video where I had to try to chase comments. So we do Zoom meetings. Um, so we can still dialogue with that. And then we do prayer calls Mondays and Fridays. And so we've tried to really stay or be more intentional about connecting um, as well as shout out to um, the white Lily women's ministry. We've been feeding a community every Tuesday and Thursday since this started. Um, wow. That's dope. Um, yeah. Like grab and go meals. Um, it started, you know, I mean, this is breakfast, breakfast or lunch and dinner every Tuesday and Thursday. And then the last Sunday of every month, we do a Sunday meal as well. Um, And so our women's ministry is super dope. And it's just been amazing to watch God um, link us to people who now want to sow into the ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of it at the beginning was us coming out of our own pocket. but as the community saw that we were actually um, doing work in the community, people start dropping off checks. People start dropping off resources. Um, shout out to Nate. Um, I went over to the center, grabbed some stuff from Nate. Um, shout out to Pastor Freeman. Um, he hit me with some resources that Children's had. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been awesome to see God work through a pandemic. Um, no pastor was ready to pastor through this, but I think I'm, uh, for as much as people talk about the church, like in this season, I'm proud of the church. Like, um, I was talking, me and Nate was talking like two days ago and, you know, I had mentioned that the stigma about the church is, has been, you know, what is the church doing for the community? Um, but in this pandemic, I'm seeing churches do awesome work in their communities. And no disrespect, but I don't see the hoteps out here doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I said it. All right. I, I don't see the hoteps out here feeding their community, but y'all want to talk about what the church ain't doing. Um, so I think uh, this pandemic has provided a good apologetic for the church to say, 
this is what we do in times of crisis. We don't lose faith. We step up to the plate and we do what we have to do. Um, the, but the reality is also that a lot of the churches won't survive the pandemic, which is yeah. could be viewed as good and bad because there's a lot of churches that, you know, should have considered closing or merging already. Um, and so I think this may force kind of mergers that should have happened organically anyway. Um, and understanding not to get too churchy, but, um, God promised to preserve his church, not your individual church, but his church. Um, and so the closing of churches doesn't mean that God is not faithful, but he's still preserving his universal church. So, yeah, I mean, I think, um, we're maintaining the best way we know how, um, continuing to tweak and improve because we don't know how long this is going to last, but I think partnerships have definitely been key, um, with the church bridging also with nonprofits. I think sometimes that, that relationship between ministry and nonprofit work has been a little funny, but, um, it's good to see like nonprofits partnering with churches and doing their work together. Yeah, I've uh, definitely seen some some churches doing amazing work. And, um, you know, to piggyback off of what you just said, it's it's important that those stories are told um, in order to combat the uh, the hoteps because they're, you know, for whatever reason, it's like the church always has this target on its back. And so it's nice to be able to be like, yeah, well, you're lying. So, you know. Take that, Hotep. <laughs> what about you, Nate? Um, yeah, so I think this time has been, um, I think it's been fruitful. Um, and I know people would be like, like, why? Why would it be fruitful even in a pandemic? Well, one of the reasons that I strongly believe is from the faith aspect now, like we're talking from the faith aspect, um, the faith aspect, like we don't really govern ourselves by the economy of the world. And so by not governing ourselves by the economy of the world, um, I believe we have had the, the capacity to see what that looks like. And what that looks like are the ministries and the churches and not just churches because people believe um, that there are people or even organizations that don't have a cross um, at the top of it or companies that are not, you know, quote unquote, churchy or faith-based, they're still doing um, the work of God um, by serving others, by serving humanity. Um, and so seeing these, um, seeing these organizations, seeing churches um, rise to the occasion has just been such a, a phenomenal um, fight to see. Um, very similar to um, the White Lily, once the pandemic started uh, at the Connect Center, um, we had just started the month of gathering for like our teen talk and our millennial uh, our millennial talk, and um, that was in March. And the following weeks, and that's when the pandemic started. And thankfully, we have a um, a cook. Um, shout out to Chef Key um, with uh, Love Kamari. Um, she reached out and was like, hey, like, I think we should cook. Like, I think we should even just do it twice this, um, this week. 
And for me, I don't like really asking people to do more um, than, you know, I don't want to, I don't like burgeoning people. Um, but the idea that, the reality that it was her idea and that all we really needed was that support. Um, and then right after that, it was just resources after resources start um, coming in. Um, we had um, reached out to some of the, our consistent resources, um, such as like 412 Food Rescue, the Food Bank, um, what have you. And they brought over loads of food. Um, and we were able to just distribute that to the, to the community. Um, and so um, we were actually just doing the numbers um, this morning. Um, and so this last month, we, we fed um, about uh, roughly about 900 um, people. And wow. we served about 450 families um, just last month. And so, like, that in and of itself was something that was unexpected. But at the same time, it was just amazing just to see the community um, and resources just come together. Um, I also shared with some of the, um, um, with, uh, with an individual earlier today, that the amount that we raised uh, that was given to the organization, just personal giving um, last year, we're at that point, like right now. So like what people were just giving, um, just randomly, like throughout the year, um, just over the last month or so, people have just randomly, randomly just been giving, sending checks and cash shopping, um, and just like whatever you need, whatever, you know, we know that you're going to give it out to the community anyway. So how, whatever you need to use it for, um, and seeing that has just been a true blessing to see, like, even in a pandemic, like, God still provides, like, he yeah. still makes sure that not only those that are serving, but the people that need serve, they have somewhere um, to get their resources from. Um, and so, yes, yeah, it's really been a blessing. Um, the other part of that is the, the feeling part, because I believe that a part of our faith is being in community with each other. And with being in community, that that ultimately means relationship. And so, like, we were meant to be in relationship with one another. And so, like, the challenge has, has become this disconnect from the physical touch. Mm. Um, and it reminds me of, this is what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the context of, like, being in a relationship and a person always saying, like, all you want to do is just be intimate with me. All you want to do is kind of like touch me in that way. Like, can we talk? Can we have like a legit conversation? Do we have a spark without like the touchy feely thing? And I feel like that's the state, honestly, where we are like with the church. Like, I feel like if I can't touch you, can I still serve you? Can mm-hmm. I still love you? Can I still, can I still be in this? Hey, hey. You preaching. <laughs> Like, like if, if I can't touch you, can I still be in this place where I could um, be intimate with you and still care about your needs? Not when you're showing up to the church, but, like, you see pastors now, they're now calling all of their all of their members. Like, the pastor themselves are calling. Not like one of their workers, but because they want to be connected, it's really getting back to the basics of pastoring. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, it looks 
look, this is different. I really believe that the church is really being, so to speak, our faith is being reset for it to really look how 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 Jesus really wants it to look. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not a building made of hands, um, but like really just us being connected. We have Zooms where we can, you know, <laughs> talk to each other. Um, and in church, you don't really got to talk to people. You could just say, oh, praise the Lord, go, how's it going, keep it moving. But now, if you really want relationship, you got to, you know, if it's genuine or not, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Do you have what you need? Do you not have what you need? How can Mm -hmm. I help? Like, the questions that should be almost a weekly ask of the church and churchgoers one to another to their brothers and sisters. Well... Well, I think I said uh, the doors of the church are not open. We're going to... Uh... Because <laughs> you just preached the whole sermon. Like, I feel like I'm just in church all over again. Um, you kind of out of space, which is going to be one of my questions about, like, y'all have any advice for people who have already been struggling with their faith? Um, and then, like, what advice do you have for people to try to, like, strengthen it during this time? Because we ain't nothing about church on Sundays, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, for people who are struggling with their faith, I think it's it's really um, we've been given back the gift of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, before this, we were. I mean, some, some of us were legit busy. Some of us were fake busy um, where we said, you know, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. Um, but this has really slowed us down a little bit um, and placed us in kind of like a evaluation kind of season uh, where you got, I mean, that can be a good thing and a bad thing because you, you may, you know, get in your head, you know, with too much time to think, but I think there there is a a space where you can evaluate. We mentioned earlier about those who have grown up in church and for whatever reason have kind of drifted away from the church or um, somewhat even given up on the church. Um, some of that goes to um, legitimize church hurt, um, but some of it is just the church hasn't been as innovative as we have needed it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, people see no interest in, you know, going to the church. And they substitute um, volunteering in nonprofits mm-hmm. that in many ways um, kind of have ministry-like principles, but they just don't have the tag of ministry attached to it. Um, and so I think people aren't as far away as they think. It's just, how do I, how do I get back? And it it may not be, let me get back to the church. It may be, let me get connected to some people that I know love the Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. Because the, the, the church building itself comes with a lot of stuff. Um, You got petty saints, you got, um, old relationships, sister so and so says something sideways to you, you know, right before you. And there's a lot that comes along with that. But I think if you're looking for your way um, 
back to a a stronger relationship with the Lord, it's about partnering with maybe if there's if if it's two or three people that you know love the Lord and are connected to the Lord and that can get you kind of in a place of an accountability system mm-hmm. that says, I'm going to walk you through this process. I'm going to see you through this dark season. I'm going to help you get reconnected in your faith um, and legitimately mean it. You know what I mean? That That's going to pray with you, pray for you, um, pray you through like all, all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, even as, even as leaders, um, we need accountability. Like it's like pastors are surrounded by people, but it's one of the loneliest occupations in the world because there's only, there's certain things that pastors go through that only other pastors can identify with. Mm. Um, and so even now, you know, I find myself, um, leaning on other pastors. What are you doing? Um, how are you staying connected to your people? How are you um, maintaining, how are you taking care of yourself? Um, because it's easy to get burnt out and, and frustrated. Um, but I, I'm thankful, um, for Nate and another friend of ours. Um, we have a constant, you know, group text, um, already set up, you know, prayer calls to pray for each other, um, because that's needed, especially, um, you know, Nate doing the work that he's doing, you know, over, in the Mon Valley and the stuff we're doing over here on the West End, like we're constantly pouring out um, and you need somebody to pour back into you. And so for those who are struggling with their faith, um, they essentially need somebody to pour into them. And it may not be the church at large, but it may just be a few, few, one or two people who can pour into you and that, you know, really love you um, and will call you on your stuff. You know what I mean? Like um, I'm not going to babysit you but I'm also not going to condemn you. And there's a fine line. I'm trying to manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, good stuff. Uh, good stuff. I think, I think number one, uh, struggling with faith is okay. Um, I think we make it as if, I think there's tiers of faith, number one. Like there's levels of faith that, um, oftentimes the struggle of faith is to strengthen the faith that is already there. And you begin to struggle when it, when you're to a certain place. Um, but I think faith really is attached to this thing called hope, right? Like if you don't need faith, if you don't have like hope in something. And I think what's really happening in like moments when our faith is like tested, is the fact that we become like hopeless. And I think in this current situation, a lot of people are feeling like hopeless, especially when you hear news about, we don't know when things are going to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm losing hope when it is I can go see my grandma or my family or when I have to return back to work or when things are going to go some back, somewhat normal. And so like the hope that we are looking for continues to be smeared. Like it, it continues to be like, shattered so to speak um because even when you look at the biblical text like it it talks about tears of faith like a little faith some of us got little faith and we can only function off of a little bit of faith some of us got much faith and you know and so you can function off of much faith um 
Some people got great faith. You know, that's why they walking out here with no mask, talking about Jesus ain't going to let them no sickness befall you. Uh, that's foolishness. I ain't saying I'm, I'm not there. I don't. But the mm-hmm. Bible says, do not tempt the Lord thy God. Come on. You better quote so, the text, sir. Listen, so, so like, even with faith, there has to be the wisdom that comes along with the context of faith. And so the struggle with faith is not always the bad thing. And so even in this moment, while it feels bad and it feels like I'm not connected, mm. I think we really have to go back to the basics and saying, like, all right, God, what are you doing? Because if I'm connected to you, like, yeah, I might have been connected to the church and I was using the using the store, uh, the church as a resource, but I'm not connected to you as the source, then now you kind of like misconstrue where faith really comes from like faith comes with the relationship with god and being able to talk to god and i think some of us are seeing how strong we are and how weak we are really in our relationship with god there's even times where throughout this time where i realized uh things like uh, you know i just have to be honest there were some days where i didn't pick up my bible because mm-hmm. I knew I didn't have to, like, preach. I didn't have to, like, speak. I didn't have to do anything. And But there was a conviction later on. It's like, no, dude. I don't say something else. No, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, go ahead and say it. Let it out. <laughs> no, dude. Like, it, it doesn't matter if you don't have an engagement. It doesn't matter if, you know, you nobody asks you to come, you know, preach at the church, like, you need, like, your relationship needs to be solid and consistent with me. Like, you need to be cracking open uh, this Bible daily. It doesn't matter if y'all are handing food out all day long, but you did that for the people, but, like, where's our relationship? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, I think we're so, we're being challenged in this time with our relationship with God. And many of us, we, oh, God knows my heart. Well, now he's looking at your heart. You know what I mean? Like, this is a season where he can really look at our hearts to be like, were you really in the word or can you really stand if there wasn't a church? Because they preach it and they've said it that there's going to be a time where we're not going to be able to gather in the church. So if that's the, if that's the cause, what is faith going to look like for all of us? Can I, do I have what's in me because of what I've practiced or what I've read and what I've kind of stored up in me outside of what the pastor was preaching or outside of what the evangelist or the apostle or, or what have you, or DMX? <laughs> because now, the, the, the other challenge with our faith, my, see, y'all gonna, y'all gonna get me started. The other That's fine, go ahead. The, I, I forgot the black church in the morning, but I'm getting it late, so thank you. <laughs> the, Go ahead. The other challenge with it is not only do are we being challenged with our faith, but then we're being challenged about what is what we're hearing correct. Is it God? Because you got everybody popping up on Facebook and Zoom, and everybody's doing Bible studies. Everybody's got a word and a message from the Lord. Everybody. This, you know, because they bore somebody's going to listen to them or because they have influence in another area 
you pop open the Bible and we're giving them this and like we're giving them this ability in the faith perspective where that's not your lane. Mm. And if you're not strong enough, if you're not wise enough, and if you're not a student of the word, you can easily fall into that with itching ears. Like, oh, that sounds good. Did you say but, that because I just scratched my ear? Huh? Did you say that because I just scratched my ear? <laughs> really, no, Nate? No, I didn't even see that. But it sounds good. But we're in the season where it, it's not about what sounds good. Like, what is solid? Like, what is my hope? What is my faith built upon? Because right now, everything that you told me faith was built upon, it's being tested. Period. Yeah, we... I think what you said at, at the outset, Nate, is um, I don't know how many of us have actually truly taken the time to try to work out our faith. Um, mm-hmm. Those of us who we all church kids on on this meeting, we we grew up in we were handed faith, right? We were handed this concept and, and idea of faith, what it's supposed to look like. Um, you know, from your parents, this is, you know, those were our models of what faith was supposed to look like. And um, me and my wife talk about this all the time, like uh, not really challenging what we were handed, you know, just taking it for what it was and saying, I guess this is the way that faith is supposed to look. Um, and like maybe over like the last year or two, like um, shout out to our parents, but me and my wife have been going undergoing like this deconstructing our faith kind of process to say like, there's some stuff we've been handed. That's not, it's not that it's bad, but it's not solid theology. It's not solid mm-hmm. scripture. Um, and so we've been really like slowly, but surely like rebuilding solid foundations because ultimately it's going to be what we hand off to our kids. Um, and, and so I don't think we fully thought through faith um, because we, we fear that um, in, in using our intellect, it'll guide us away from what we've been handed. But the truth of the matter is that because we know that God is true and that's not subjective, um, his truth is absolute. As we pursue truth, we won't get further from him. We'll get closer to him. Um, and so in, in that, um, we really began to strengthen our own faith to say, I, I got, like, all of us have these questions about faith that we've, we either never asked or we just took it at face value and just say, I just believe it by faith. Well, that don't work no more. You know what I mean? We, we are challenged to use, we are in an age of woke people, fake woke people, all that. We are challenged to know what we believe and why we believe it. Um, and to be able to articulate that to somebody else. And, you know, you never know unless you go on these exploring kind of faith journeys. Um, and it's okay to be in this awkward space where, you know, I don't, I don't fully know what I believe about this particular area. Um, I remember, I remember back uh, when I interviewed for the chaplain position at Children's, um, the first question that um, Pastor Freeman asked me was, you know, what's your theology of suffering? Like, where is God at in suffering? And I'm like, yo, I've never even considered that question. Mm. It's always like, by and by, when the morning comes, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, yeah, we, we hymnal, we going to hymnal our way to heaven. Um, 
but really taking the time to sit through that and work through that, you know, when we got friends who are losing, we're in an age where our friends are starting to lose their parents and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, where is God at in this suffering? You know, we got friends getting senselessly gunned down in the streets. Like, where is God in all of this? And and it's cute to say, oh, I'm praying for you and just, you know, put praying hands on, you know, Facebook posts. But have we really considered, you know, how this thing functions in our day-to-day life? Because it, it if it hasn't hit us, it will hit us. And we'll, we're going to have to wrestle with it at some point. Um, and so, so I think faith wrestling is a healthy space to be in. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to have, I say this all the time, it's okay to be a, it's a skeptic, but not a cynic. Like a skeptic mm-hmm. is open to believing. Like as I ask questions, I'm open to being convinced. I'm open to, to believe. A cynic says, you know, it don't matter what you tell me, I'm not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's a healthy place to be at and say, I don't know what I feel about this issue of faith, but I'm open to being convinced. And it's about talking, like they talk, it's about talking to the right people. Like you, can't, you can't talk to just any old body because they'll, they'll tell you anything that, like Nate said, that sounds good, but it's not rooted in Bible. And so you need somebody that, um, that can take those questions. You know what I mean? That can wrestle, not, not even give you the answers, but help you wrestle through it. And allow God to work that out in you. And I think that in that space, you become a healthier Christian. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that's loaded. Like, I, I mean, I feel like we can talk a lot about that as it relates to faith. Because I feel like our faith was tried in the last comment that he made um, as far as, like, the counsel that we get. I mean, the scripture is clear when he talks about blessed is the man or the person who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners. And so it's like, you have to be mindful of those. You got to be mindful of those that that are counseling you. Like, even in seasons like this, like, it's good to have you know, people that are knowledgeable of COVID-19, and that's great. But when you're talking about building faith, you need people that are strong in the faith, like iron sharpens the iron. So if I want my faith built, I need people that are full of faith. Like the Bible talks like specifically about people that were full of faith. And that was like their gifting that they had. They wasn't no pastors. They weren't preachers, but they were full of faith. And I think that in this generation, like we're looking for people that are full of faith and faith is just not action. It's also like your deeds as well. Mm -hmm. I think um, what's happening um, right now, I think a part of the the faith aspect churches that we kind of talked about, it's seeing faith in action. Like faith without works is dead. And so you're seeing people that are um, this is it. If you want to see a a church that is full of faith or a group of people um, that uh, are people whose hearts are full of faith um, I think you have to look at what they're doing in in pandemics, in 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 uh, times like these, to say like, yo, this person is really functioning not on their own because we should be scared and we should be afraid that we, while we're serving, we can bring this back home to our family. But at the same time, like because we're not functioning or functioning off of that, 
we're functioning off of our faith and what um, what we're called to do. Um, it allows our faith to kind of be a little stronger. Um, of course, God graces us to kind of do what we do. Like God's graces are on us to do what you do, and and God graces on us to have faith as well. Um, so don't be be careful with faith as well, because some people will try to push you into faith, and don't get under the bar trying to lift a hundred pounds and you never mm-hmm. lift fifty pounds. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you need to believe. Like, I haven't even believed God can heal me of a cold yet. And you want me to believe him that I can go out here with corona and, and not and not get it. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to start at home with that cold. Take that children's cough medicine or something. <laughs> I think, I think for me, like, I swear I could listen to y'all talk about this all day. And it's interesting. My pastor preached this morning about, um, like, having like what it looks like to have individual relationship with God and how you can't, it's, it's really, it was really a message of like, and this is my, these are my words, but essentially staying in your own lane. Like I can't look over here and look at you and like base my faith off of what it is that you're doing or what your faith looks like. Like just because you might speak in tongues doesn't mean that I'm any less saved. It just means that our, we're in different, different journeys of, you know, in our, in our spiritual life. And so like, for me, really kind of undoing or un I don't want to say unlearning, but just kind of relearning where I am in my faith. And to what both of you are saying is like, um, Oh, I lost my train of thought that quick, but just to really like kind of break down and not necessarily take on everything at once and honestly be okay to say like, well, some of this just doesn't make sense. Like some of it, I really don't understand. And that doesn't make me any less saved or any less of a Christian. It's just where I am in my personal journey with God. And so it's just like, I think a lot of people, get to that point and it goes back to tradition. Like this is the stuff we were spoon fed. We took it all in where, you know, this is what it looks like. This is what it means to be a Christian, all that other stuff. And then to really like get inside of that and to be honest and say, I don't understand there's, I think that also contributes to why a lot of people are leaving because they're looking for sound, solid answers. And it's like, Christianity or religion isn't always going to give sound solid answers. And so it's like, we just, to your point, we have faith, but faith doesn't always mean understanding or like full comprehension. It's just like, it it is what it is. And so I think a lot of people are kind of taking this sharp left into what they call spirituality. Like, yeah, I believe in God, but I'm more of a spiritual person, that kind of stuff. And it's like, I, let me just say all of this to say, I love talking to the two of you because like you keep it simple, you keep it real. And that's important. It's it, it, That's like what a lot of churches and a lot of pastors are missing in their teaching. It's just, let's just keep it simple. Like you can't preach to the high heavens when to people who have never even cracked the Bible open or have never said a prayer who may not even know the Lord's prayer. So it's just like, let's just keep it, keep it simple. You got to kind of sometimes meet folks where they are. And so it's just I like, I over the Lord's prayer sometimes. 
You know what I mean? Like, which version are we using? Where we at? You know? So, it's, you know, I, I think it's, it's important. I almost want to, because we got about 14 minutes left before we got to come to a hard stop. So I almost want to have like a part three of this discussion because this is good stuff and people need to hear it. I was about to say, we got to have y'all back on. And I was going to say, um, I, it's interesting. I read an article earlier today that sent it to uh, Amy. Um, you know, saying something about things seem to be like one of the biggest groups leaving the church. And like everything they were saying was just like really, really interesting in the article, like the reasons why they um, are leaving has been interesting. And I ain't going to lie to you, that resonated with me a little bit. But I would like to talk about that one day with you guys. <laughs> because yeah. it's real. Going, going to, to Annie's point, I think that there are more resources out there than what we know. Um, but we've, we've sold ourselves short about doing the work of investigation. I was, I was watching a video yesterday um, because it's, it's amazing how um, public influencers talk reckless about the Bible, but because they have a platform, like they just get away with it. And so I was watching two uh, pastors that I highly respect. They were breaking down kind of some things that T.I. and Charlemagne the God have recently said about Christianity and the Bible and really just dissecting the foolishness of their argument. And sometimes I think people need to, to hear the other side. It's easy to hear the sound bites um, because, you know, the Breakfast Club has a platform and so many people gravitate to it and they listen to it and they just run with it. Mm-hmm. And, and the church never really has a chance to respond or when the church does respond, nobody wants to sit through the presentation to hear it debunked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so I, I love that kind of stuff, just having dialogue, you know, the intersection of faith and, you know, the context in which we live in. Mm-hmm. And so, and to your point, um, mm-hmm. we can't even get away with what we once used to get away with in church because the people that I pastor now, they didn't grow up in the church. Mm-hmm. So I can't say when I open up my Bible, I can't say, you know, this is a familiar passage of story that we all know. No, they don't. Right. And so I literally have to do the work of teaching and preaching at the same time. I have to teach you the story and then tell you why it applies to your life today, because you don't know, you didn't get the Sunday school lesson version. And so, yeah, it calls for us to be more dynamic and more balanced in our approach to how we deal. And when me and Nate was talking the other day, um, the, the pastor's job is not to tell you what to believe. It's to help you to wrestle with God about what you just heard um, and what mm-hmm. you encounter on the day-to-day. And so I was sharing with Nate, I have a younger member um, because all, all my members, we got to be friends on social media because I'm your shepherd. It's my responsibility to check you. <laughs> um, but uh, one of my members had put like a, a post about um, something about like being um, – like pro-choice and wherever you stand on that, you know, that's, you know, neither here nor there, but I simply ask like, how does uh, this work into your Christian worldview? I'm not going to tell you what to believe, but I want you to wrestle with the thought process mm. of how do you settle on, you know, this issue in light of what we believe as Christians. And, and so it's not about me telling you, this is what you should believe, but let's 
let's dialogue through it so that you become healthier on the other side. And if somebody else were to ask you, you can say, I've thought through this and this is where I land. Come on, pastor therapist. Yeah, that's the work. You know, we, they, they pay me for multiple things. Mm -hmm. I'm a therapist. I'm a best friend. I'm your life coach. I'm, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I'm all. So, but yeah, so we have to, we have to train people to be thinkers and not just emotional. Um, like we grew up in church, you know, the, the praise break and sister son, so don't faint it on the front pew. And now we got to bring out the Martin Luther King fans with Odell Robinson on the back and we got to fan them back to life. And, you know, all, all that, all that foolery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've, we've watched Memorial implicitly. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Nate. Stop listening to us. <laughs> but we've taught uh, people to turn off their brain and just simply be emotional. And when life happens, that emotion won't carry you. Yeah. Yeah. I think recognizing the responsibility of church. I think um, hopefully, like one of my my quests and my desires for our generation, for our generation, to recognize that despite of what. Um, has happened in the past that it's necessary for us to be in relationship with God. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter what that looks like, um, regardless of how they taught it in the past. And there were errors in the past. Like, we just have to be honest. There were errors in doctrine. There were errors in thought. Uh, but thank God that there's grace um, within that. And so finding a generation that... Um, recognizes that even with all of the ability that you have, God still has responsibility within the context of that. Like, God still wants his portion. He still wants to be a part of our journey. He still wants to be a part of our lives. No, yeah, he he wants to be honored, and he wants to be reverenced within it. But, like, God is what you guys would say is a gentleman. He's not going to force his way into this relationship. And I think how it was taught before is that it was a forced relationship. Yeah. And like, no, nah, like I, I don't, I actually, if I have to force a relationship, I don't want the relationship. Like if, if you don't want to be with me, then why, like that, that's a whole nother thing. Like why, why force something um, in the context? And then as it relates to like us as ministers and leaders and those that share, he tells us to feed them, not force feed them. Give them the meal. Like, make sure that it's edible. Like, some some need milk, you know? Like, you, you know the majority of the people that you're serving. Some need milk, and then some of them need meat. Like, he talks about that in the scripture. So, like, you got to know the seasons where the people that you are serving, where they're at, and being able to make it real simple. Like, I believe when you see Jesus um, in the Gospels, he's making it real simple. Like, he's sitting with people, and he's having conversation. And in conversation, it allows me to even see the flaws and the errors of my thinking, even the flaws and the errors of my actions. Because as a leader um, of Christ, um, of the gospel, I recognize my shortcomings. And I think the problem with that is the older generation, they were not vulnerable and transparent enough to recognize that even how I'm preaching this, like, I still have my flaws. Like, mm-hmm. I still have my my moments that I fall short. Um, but thanks be to God, like, that there's grace for that. You know what I mean? Like, 
I, I tell people, like, I want to be in a community of honest people. Like, I want to be in a community where, again, you know, uh, Pac and I and our other accountability partner, like, we're really vulnerable with each other about certain things. And it's just like, before, I wouldn't be like that. Like, I'm just like, I got it. Me and God, we cool. Da -da 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 -da. But at the end of the day, like, there's that song that, Andy, you probably know this, so y'all all probably know this, but it's, what a friend we have in Jesus. Like, what, uh, <laughs> what a privilege it is to carry. Like, what a privilege it is to carry all of these things to God in prayer. So it's not like the things that like make me look good, make me feel good, but like the reality of like who I am, like the flaws, like God, like my flaws, mm -hmm. like when I want to do wrong, like mm -hmm. when I desire to do wrong, mm -hmm. when I set myself up to do wrong, let me be honest about that. But it's just like, no, nah, like I'm walking with Jesus and like he's the best thing. He's sweeter than honey. Yeah, he's sweet. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, nigga, I, I ain't, <laughs> like, like, and, and we got to be real about that, you know? And so I just want our generation to kind of build this authentic uh, ability to, to, to just be real and honest with God. And I feel like when we create that space to be honest and real with God, or the relationship will become easier because now I don't need to kind of put on this this form of godliness um, just to kind of get in the presence of God. Like, I'm coming as I am, um, but I'm not staying as I am because his power has the power, like, he has the power to transform us. Oof. Well, all right. So, Annie and, 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 and uh, Belle, I love conversations like this. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely love conversations like this. And I feel like the more opportunities for there to just be dialogue um, and not like someone preaching at a at a thing, because the, the difference between preaching and teaching, preaching, there's no response. You can't, you really can't challenge me in preaching. Like I'm getting up here and I'm exhorting and I'm telling you how I feel about something, um, and you don't really have no feedback. Mm -hmm. But when I'm challenged to teach you. It, it means that you're going to ask the teachers questions about what you don't understand. And the truth of the matter is many of us young leaders and preachers and whoever, some of us don't even have understanding as to why it is that we do what we do. You ask some young preachers why we do communion, they can't tell you the importance of the significance of communion. They can't tell you the, the importance of the significance of the blood of Jesus Christ. They can't, it sounds the blood of Jesus, but... Why are you saying the blood of Jesus? Why, why are you applying the blood of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And and when people hear that, they're just like, oh, that sounds churchy, but it, it waters it down. It waters the authority down. Like, you know what I mean? It, 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 yeah, it, it just waters it down. And so I, I think we have to go back to this place of being able to teach people the word of God, not just preaching at them. And I think that's one of the opportunities that these lives Honestly, with this pandemic, you see a lot of people uh, teaching instead of preaching. Mm -hmm. Like they're teaching the word. And you got someone that they still screaming at the screen. They're <laughs> 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 screaming. They're sweating. I'm just like, oh, shoot. 
Yeah, like there's there's literally no one else in the room. What is happening? Like, what? <laughs> but let the spirit lead you, sir. Ma'am. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank y'all so much for coming on again. Yes. Like I said, like I I I've been enjoying hearing you guys talk and so even just as we were sitting here my little wheels is my little center wheels are spinning. So I you know, I would love to have these conversations more often. Um I might just randomly start texting y'all like, hey, y'all look. Um, so <laughs> I'm thinking about backsliding. <laughs> I mean, what better place to, I mean, like, for real, like, our generation needs that, that safe space. Yeah. You know I mean, like, uh, people tell me all the time, like, yo, you don't act like a pastor. That's a compliment to me mm-hmm. um, because there's a certain stigma attached to pastors. Um but dialogue like this is like what's necessary for like healthy growth. Yeah. And like it, it don't even have to be you know, broadcast via podcast. You know what I mean? It can just be normal. Hey, let's link up. Let's you know, let's talk faith. Let's talk life. You know what I mean? How you know life intersects with our faith. I'm I'm down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm over over here brainstorming. So we we're gonna do this again. We're gonna do it again. You know whether. Okay. Cool. Just not on a Sunday night. Got it. Just not on a Sunday night. <laughs> not not when insecure coming on. The Lord. Yeah, because it's it's ten o'clock right now. Because he says she's about to go off anyway. You know, her session is only 10 minutes. True. <laughs> we didn't miss 15 minutes of the show. So we, we got to go. We got to tap out. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for having us. Yes. Um, thank you for being yeah, here. Yeah. Always enjoy it. Cool. All right, y'all. Well, that was another episode of the Yams Podcast. We're going to get out of here because we got stuff to do. Um, so thank y'all for being here and we out. Bye guys. Peace, people. All right.